0: Your favorite PGA and LPGA legends, pros, and top instructors are right here. Every week on Next on the Tee, join Chris as the greats of the game share their stories, insights, and playing lessons. Now, back to Chris and more of the show.
1: All right. Before I get to my next guest, Chris Chaya, I want to remind you about a couple of our sponsors. First, I want to give a shout out to our friends over at Parbar. Energy and focus on the course are essential, whether you're playing, you know, out on tour, in your club championship, and the member guest like I'll be playing in this weekend or just your weekend four ball with your buddies. Parbar is the golfer's nutritional bar that can help you with both of those things, energy and focus. Eat some before you get to the first tee and the rest of every three holes until it's finished. You're going to play with more energy and focus to win. Parbar was developed by a lifelong golfer and a food scientist to help all golfers play their best. Go online to parbargolf.com and order yours today. We also really appreciate our friends over at the Ben Hogan Golf Equipment Company. All Ben Hogan irons and wedges are handcrafted one at a time in their Fort Worth, Texas factory. No mass production, no shortcuts. You can now order custom-made irons, wedges, and hybrids at benhogangolf.com. They'll build their clubs to your specifications, and best of all, charge you a fraction of the retail price. Check out their complete line of forged irons, wedges, utility irons, hybrids, bags, and accessories by going online to BenHoganGolf.com. All right, now back in making his fourth appearance with me here on the French Lick Resort guest line is Chris Chaya. Let me remind you about Chris's background. He's from Greenwich, Connecticut, played his college golf at East Carolina University and earned his degree in marketing. He's been a, a PGA golf instructor for the last 25 years at Boca West Country Club in Boca Raton, Florida. And if you haven't checked out that golf course, go online and, and check it out. It is fantastic looking. He was named the PGA, uh, PGA Teacher of the Year for the South Florida section of the PGA of America back in 2009 and has been so every year since. He's also been a swing fix instructor and contributor doing videos, analysis, and writing articles for the Golf Channel. And I'm honored he is back again with me tonight here on Next on the Tee. Hey, Chris, thanks for coming back on the show.
0: Hey, my pleasure. Good to be with you.
1: So, Chris, as you can imagine, the topic of the night is the, U, is the U.S. Open and what we saw at, uh, at Shinnecock. I want to get your thoughts. What did you think about what you saw this past weekend?
0: Well, uh, for, first and foremost, uh, I want to congratulate Brooks Kepka for I mean, it's just an outstanding uh, back-to-back win in the U.S. Open. But um, being from uh, that part of the country, uh, Shinnecock Hills uh, is an amazing place, and uh, I was very excited to watch it on TV. Uh, I knew it was going to be exciting, so uh it was uh, an extremely exciting event and i i know uh the course you know played a little tough but uh it was fun to watch and i think uh at the at the end uh we we had a great champion so um it was a great week
1: so Chris, you know, to your point, being from that part of the country, and, and I'm sure, you know, you, whether you've been to Shinnecock live or you've seen some of the, you know, the previous tournaments that, uh, that's been held there, the U.S. Open, this is kind of two in a row that, uh, didn't come off, uh, I think the way the USGA had hoped. When you look at it, do you shake your head? Do you say, you know, that's not the Shinnecock? I know, and you know the guys that I know there would would have you know had this course in in better condition, and you sort of wonder, gee, what's the USGA thinking?
0: Well, uh, the way I look at it, it's just the same as when uh, I remember one time at, uh, at the Boca West Country Club, they uh, one of the members asked me one time, he said, "What do you think of uh, the, the fact that uh, Pete Dye uh, may be doing a, a golf course uh, for Boca West? What do you think about that?" It's fantastic. You know, I, I know that uh, golf course architects know a lot more about designing a golf course than, than I do, uh, even though I consider myself an expert in the industry. I'm not a golf course designer, so I kind of respect what the top people do w- when they design golf courses, just like with the USGA. I respect what their experts do in the course setup. Um, so I don't like to really go out and, and critique what – Either the PGA does in their setups and then and the big tournaments I've played in, uh, with the PGA, uh, when they set up a course, uh, it's like a major and, and I know they know what they're doing. So I think the USGA, they did the right thing in the way the Shinnecock was presented with, you know, the fewer trees, it was more open, uh, they added the fescue and, and really got that course to those specs, which I think was great. Um, you know, with the wind and some other variables, I think it, it really affected the golf course and some pin placements. Uh, I think the USGA, they know what they're doing. And when it all shakes out at the end, the, there's always a great champion. Um, so, you know, Ray Floyd won at Shinnecock uh, with Corey Pavin. But uh, with, with that event, uh, with the outcome, I, I think, uh, you know, they, they did a really good job with the course. I thought it was spectacular, but it just played tough because of conditions.
1: And Chris, we've we've mentioned your home course there, Boca West, which, like in your intro, I think you know, looks like an amazing place to play golf. You've got courses there designed by Pete Dye, which you mentioned, also Arnold Palmer and Jim Fazio, and uh, you, and folks, please go check it out online, bocawestcc.org dot org. Talk about well, your home. Th- thank you for that.
0: Thank you. Uh, it's spectacular. I know. Uh, I really enjoyed listening to your last guest, Randy, with the PGA Superstore. And, you know, just to give the listeners an idea about Boca West, I mean, there's four courses, there's two Arnold Palmer designs, and they're all in just perfect condition. The club last year recently opened an additional 160,000 square foot of clubhouse in the golf building, uh so the pro shop is spectacular. There's an indoor simulator in both locker rooms. uh The restaurants are unbelievable, but the, the golf is, you know, is king at, at Boca West, the the courses are are just uh, super. Um, you, you can uh, you always play you know with four courses. The variety is uh, is really very unique for a country club. Um, so, two of the courses have past um fairway and roughs with with the Bermuda greens, and two courses have Bermuda rough with past palum fairways, which is kind of unique, uh, which 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 gives the course that playability. So yeah if, if if people can can come down and, and check out Boca West Country Club uh, I would love to see them out there and it's it's the number one uh rated residential community in the country so it's got uh it's got all the amenities it's uh I think there's 35 tennis courts uh, uh so it's really a beautiful top country club in in the area and in, in the country and uh anybody that's interested please check it out online or or stop by down in Boca
1: Raton and and check it out. So Chris, you're, you're right there on the water, right? You're stones throw from from the Atlantic Ocean. So I got to imagine <laughs> you're dealing with a lot of the same things that we saw at Shinnecock with wind, right? So wind, afternoon rains, those sorts of things. Talk about, you know, give us tips for for those for those folks that live in that kind of climate, right? How do we deal with the constant wind coming off the ocean, how do we get better shots towards the green, particularly when we're looking at 100 yards in? Because those sort of sand wedge wedge shots tend to balloon when we're dealing with the wind. How do we hit better shots when we're dealing with windy conditions?
0: Well, first of all, when it's windy, that's a time when you want to go out to the range and, and get a feel for the conditions. Don't shy away from the, the range or the golf course when the conditions are not perfect. Uh, because that's how you learn how to play the game. When when you catch a day maybe with light rain, go out and play on the course in in the light rain as long as uh, there's no lightning. If there's wind, you know, go out and and try to learn how to control your trajectory in the wind. Uh, I'm a big believer, as you know, uh, we've we've talked about this in the past on your show. I'm a big uh, believer in on-course instruction, so I would encourage listeners to uh hook up with a pro and and take on course instruction and also work on trajectory when you're on the driving range or the short game uh practice areas that that you might have access to with a professional and and learn uh some of the technique and and how to lower and how to control the trajectory in different conditions so um you know when I'm out out there working on my wedge play I spend a lot of time with uh, hitting pitching wedge shots not always the lofted sand wedge and lob wedge uh, I work a lot with the pitching wedge to get a feel for trajectory which I then transfer over to my my other wedge play.
1: So to that end, Chris is, is, and I need a couple of tips here because I've got a member guest tournament coming up this weekend and, and um, short game is, is the area where I need your expertise when we're when we're faced with, the shot from 80 to 100 yards in. For for most of us, we're hitting a sand wedge in those kind of scenarios, but too often we're either chunking it, we, we look up, we blade it, we might pull it, and then now we're off the green. How can we hit better wedge shots from 80 to 100 yards in and get consistently at least on the green so we're giving ourselves a put at a birdie or a par?
0: Well, the first thing I would do is, is – take your gap wedge or your pitching wedge out instead of a sand wedge or a lob wedge. Uh, so let's say you have a player is 80 yards away, and, and they're feeling pretty good about their swing, and they go, okay, I'm going to take a 60-degree wedge, and I'm going to nuke it, and I'm going to swing as hard as I can at this 60. They're probably going to put too much spin on the ball. They're probably going to come up short, or they might come out of the shot and just blade it. Uh, so that's really not the best approach for most players from 80 yards. So let's say they go to a sand wedge and now they're trying to get dialed in on that eighty yard shot to a pin with a sand wedge, they might try to get a little too cute with it and they go at the pin too much and they might miss the green or come up short. But when you take out a pitching wedge and you just put the ball in the middle of your stance, maybe choke up a little bit, you know you have plenty of club to get there, so your tempo's gonna be a little better. Just play to like the middle of the green and just get the ball you know to the middle and then putt to where the pin is. Uh, you know, play a little more conservatively if that's a problem in your in your um, in your game, now for the more skilled golfer who has has a real good comfort level with the wedges, they're going to obviously go right out the pin and, and try to knock it stiff every time. But when there's any doubt, and and I, I notice this with a lot of players when they take out you know that short eighty, ninety, hundred yard shot, they tend to come up short. That's typically what I see. So I would encourage the listeners and the, the players out there. And yourself, Chris. Take the wedge, put the ball in the middle of your stance. Take a nice, smooth swing at the ball, and just play more for the middle of the green. Even if it means maybe you knock the ball 10, 20 feet by the pin, at least you're putting, uh, and you'll—I uh, think—you'll be more consistent.
1: Okay. And that's that's an excellent point, Chris. And it, it's something that, you know, I, and I was just recently up at the Salt Creek Golf Retreat in Nashville, Indiana with my buddies on our annual golf trip. And I haven't played as much golf this year as I would like to play. And that's sort of I uh, I don't know if you want to call it a pep talk, that I sort of had to give to myself is, you know, the pins obviously being in different places over the days that we were there. And I had to say to myself, you know what, you're not good enough. I'm a 13, right? That's my <laughs> hand. I'm a 13 right. handicap. I'm not good enough right, we can to it. fire we, at we, the pin well, all it. the time. I sort of had to say to myself, you know, what, just put it in the middle of the green and then make, you know, try to putt from there and if you if you miss it, right? If you miss it a little left, a little right, a little long, a little short, then maybe you find yourself, you know, closer to the pin than you anticipated. But that's really good advice. Correct. That's something I had to say to myself is i I'm not skilled enough to go at pins.
0: Well, we have to be realistic, you know, and this is where I think uh, golfers really need to work with a pro and and I really like what Randy was touching on with the PGA Superstore. I thought it was really interesting how, and I really uh, agree with him 100% when he's talking about how we how the customers feel when they come into his store, and and you know adding salespeople to get more attention to the to the people walking in the store. They're not trying to hard sell people. They're giving them the, the experience so they feel good about going into the superstore and making a purchase and so on. And you know, when you have that kind of an effect on, on golfers, they're going to come back to your store. Now, think about how that relates to when you work on your game, how you feel when you go out to the golf course. You know, it's intimidating. It's hard to work on your game, but that's why I would encourage the golfers to to try to find a, a pro that, that they're comfortable with that they can help them with their game because they're going to feel a lot better about themselves, about their game. And it's the feeling. That they're going to get on a golf course and a practice area with a pro that's going to really help their games. Just like, you know, when you get that good feeling going into the store, you're going to make the purchase. It's kind of like what I do with, with, with golfers. A big thing is, you know, I want golfers to be, you know, feeling good about their game and about their, about making progress with their game. And that keeps them motivated to, to keep playing and enjoying the game. Uh, it's a tough game. There's, there's, you know, there's no real easy shot in golf. There's no easy golf ball out there. So, it's a, it's a tough, tough game, but it's a fun challenge. And uh, getting that good feeling with, with your game is is real important. I think that's where uh, meeting up with a pro and, and working with somebody can can really help um, players enjoy the game even more.
1: And Chris, t- t- you mentioned ball position here with the, with the shot from 80 to 100 yards and putting it in the middle of your stance. Talk about ball position and our stances on chip shots from around the green. You know, I've heard some people talk about having a, a slightly open stance so that you can clear your hips on a, on a little chip shot. I've heard others talk about holding, you know, getting like in your putting stance, you know, be square to the target, hold it as if it were a putter. How do you teach your students to set up and hit those short chip shots from, you know 10-15 yards off and around the greens
0: well the standard method really is that you want to be a little bit open with your lower body but one of the, the key things to, to the short chip is you have to swing your hands and arms uh, you know back and forth you have to get kind of that triangle moving your arms make a triangle and you just get your, your, your that arm swing so having a slightly open stance will give you some room so your arms can come through Uh, one of the things you want to avoid is is too much wrist action, and when your arms stop, that's when your wrists flip at the ball. Um, You know, the the parallel alignment stance, like to try to duplicate a typical putting stance, you know, we square everything up, is kind of a method um, that you can use for very short chips if, if you're comfortable kind of trying to make a putting swing from a putting stance, but typically... Players do better with a slightly open stance. And, and, and I know it's a lot of really good putters' stance slightly open to the line when they putt. It even looked like Tiger recently in the past few tournaments has been opening up his stance a little bit. But uh, I'd like to, you know, if I give the listeners a, a checklist, I would say, you know, the ball needs to be middle to back in your stance. Your feet should be pretty close together to so a narrow stance. Aim your lower body a little bit open to the line, so you're not parallel left. You're a little bit, you know, for a right-handed player, you're going to be turned uh, counterclockwise slightly to the left. Um, you want to take, if if you can, for basic chips, you know, an eight or nine iron to get the ball rolling a little bit. But the real key to work on is kind of a no-wristed arm swing, where you take, you know, just swing your arms back and you know from side to side and 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 just try to kind of keep it straight back, straight through. That, that's the best approach, um, the simplest approach, and there's a lot of variations from that, but that would be a basic checklist I would give the listeners for, for the basic chip.
1: Chris, just a couple more before we let you go, and let's let's talk about lag putting. That's an area mm-hmm. for me that I tend to struggle with is, is getting the feel and the, for the distance on a lag putt and not leaving myself a four- or five-footer then for par, I tend to lose, you know, a couple of strokes around by three putting because I'm leaving that, that longer lag putt a little too far short, give myself mm-hmm. a knee knocker mm-hmm. trying to make it for par. How do we get? How do right. we do a better job of du- uh, judging distance on our lag putts?
0: Uh, well, one of the things I would recommend is when you go to practice or your putting, always start with a longer putts first. And by long, I mean outside of 30 feet. So take more than 10 steps from the hole and just putt, longer putts first when you go to a putting green the second thing i would do is always putt with the same type of golf ball so if you use um you know a pro v1 use that if you use a callaway super soft whatever ball you like and then you're going to be playing with you want to practice your putting with that golf ball um you want to practice uh doing a number of reps where you take less time to hit the putt, you would just walk up, take one look and putt it. Just like you were going to throw a ball to somebody, you look at where they are and you throw it. You have to get more into that kind of a mode where you just putt by feel. Uh, one of the biggest problems in the game today, in my opinion, I was going to touch on this about the U.S. Open, is slow play. And what I really enjoyed watching Kepka and, and Justin Johnson the, the last round is both of those players are not slow when they play. Uh, they get right up and take care of business and they swing. They're not, uh, standing over the ball, f- you know, for an eternity for, or, or taking a minute and a half to hit a golf shot. They just get up there and play, which I think a lot of listeners would benefit from playing a little faster. So let's relate that to lag putting. When you work on your lag putting, the worst thing you could do is just stare at the golf ball and not look at where you're going to try to send the ball down the, down the green. You want to look at the, the, the putt and react to it and, and take less time on the longer putts, especially. And, and I think you'll discover that the distance control will be, will be spot on. As far as the mechanics of it, uh, you want to make sure you hit the ball in the sweet spot of the putter, so you get the ball on the center of the club head. You want to make good contact with the ball, so you want to you know, keep your, your lower body a little quieter. But you have to judge the distance more by the feel, just like you were going to roll the ball with your hand or throw a ball to somebody. You look and you putt, but you got to practice those longer putts to get a real feel for it. And the more subconscious you can become with the putting, the better your speed control will be. So when I'm putting really well, when I look at that putt and I just visualize it, and I get up there and putt it, and then lo and behold, I get up there, the putt is close to the hole. You know, sometimes I'm a little surprised, thinking, "Wow, I made." You know, that was real easy to get it close from 60 feet. But when I think about how I'm doing that, it's very subconscious. It's not like I'm forcing myself to do it i'm just looking and putting just like i would throw a ball to somebody standing you know 20 30 yards away i could just throw the ball to them and and have good accuracy so i think golfers need to tap into that a little bit but spend the time on the golf course when you have time to practice or putting just doing longer putts you got to practice those don't just stand there doing drills from three six nine feet you know, setting a tee in the ground and just hitting those putts, you gotta, if you wanna be a good lag putter, you gotta hit the ball solidly and you gotta practice those. But again, take less time, just look and putt and you'll probably discover you're gonna do a lot better than if you really grind over every putt for, for 45 seconds before you hit a putt, uh, or a minute. You're just gonna do yourself a disservice. You're not gonna putt as well. You're gonna tense up. You're probably gonna leave it short. Um, so that's, that's the advice I would give players for longer putting.
1: Chris, before we let you go, remind our listeners again how can they follow you, whether it's online or over social media.
0: Well, the best place uh, to follow me really would just be go my website, which is uh, christianchaya.com, and my last name, the spelling is C-Z-A-J-A. They can find me on my website, christianchaya.com, or uh, on LinkedIn, it would be great. Uh, and I would uh, encourage them they can reach me at Boca West Country Club. Uh, So they can call uh, down to Boca West or contact me there, and I'm there year round. And love to see everybody come out, check out uh, the the number one club, uh, really residential club in the the country. Uh, So uh, I hope uh, everybody enjoys the tournament this week at the Travelers from my home state of Connecticut. I think it's going to be a great, uh, great event. and it's going to be, and I and and I really think golf is on the upswing right now. I think a lot of people are getting back into the game, and and there's a lot of uh, women playing golf now, and and a lot of uh, uh, younger people that that are really getting into golf, which is great to see. Um, so it should be uh, should be a great summer. And and um, anybody that, that needs help with their game, please contact me down at Boca West and uh, uh, or through my website, and uh, love to help them with their golf.
1: Chris, thank you so much for taking time out of your evening to come back and and be a part of the show. It's been great getting to know you over the last couple of years and having you as part of the show. I hope you'll come back and uh, and do it again sometime real soon, share more of your tips and your insights with us because you're fantastic, my friend.
0: Well, thank you, Chris. I appreciate that. I love your show. And uh, anytime uh, you'd like to have me on, it would be my pleasure. Uh, your, your guests have been fantastic. I really enjoyed uh, listening to Randy today uh, with the Superstore. Um, I thought he was uh, giving some really good insights into the market, into what the products are out there. I thought that was really uh, a, a good interview,
1: uh, a good guest you had on earlier. I appreciate that very much. And, uh, and, Chris, and take care. All I'm the best co- to you and your co- family. Co- we'll catch up again soon. Thank you, Chris. All the best. Bye-bye. That is uh, Chris Chaya, and again, his last name is spelled C Z A J A, and his website is Christianchaya.com. So check him out. And uh, wonderful guest, and I'm telling you folks, Boca West, I, I, I highly, I highly uh, encourage you to to go take a peek at that uh, that that layout and the golf courses they have there. BocaWestCC.org looks fantastic. All right folks, time for me to put a bow on this episode of Next on the T. My sincere thanks go out to Rob Strano, Randy Peisch, and Chris Chaya for uh, for joining me tonight. Please give me your thoughts, check out our our webpage, Next on the T uh, with Chris Mascaro. You can find our webpage nextonthetea.net and over on Facebook at Next on the T with Chris Mascaro. Share your Facebook or I your mean, your feedback with us there. Plus if you've got a question for one of our future guests or someone we've already had on the show, please let me know. You can uh, go on our website again next on the t dot net and uh, and click on the link there to reach out to us there. You can reach out to me on Facebook. You can reach out to me on Twitter at ct Mascaro. Uh, any of those ways, let us know uh, your thoughts and just you know general questions about the show, or general thoughts on the show. Uh, we're glad to pass those along. We appreciate your feedback very much. Please also check out our sister show on the football side, Thursday Night Tailgate, with me and my co-host, Bob Lazare, our announcer, Joe Lajanusa. That show airs live every Thursday night from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern time. You can stream it live on Blog Talk Radio or that show like this one is also available as a free podcast over on our good friends on Pod. And iHeartRadio We've uh, just uh, gone over on uh, Audioboom as well And uh, Spotify has picked up both shows So you can check us out on Spotify As well On Thursday Night Tailgate, we are joined every week by five NFL legends who come on and share their stories about their playing days, plus their insights into what's going on around the NFL today. Plus, we highlight two players doing great things in their communities in our Spotlight on the Positive segment. You can find that show online at ThursdayNightTailgate.com. Folks, I can't thank you enough for choosing to listen to this show tonight. We really appreciate the fact that you're making Next on the Tee one of the shows or one of the podcasts that you are streaming and taking a listen to. We appreciate you very much. Until next week, hit him straight, my friends. You've been listening to Next on the Tee with Chris Mascaro, where PGA and LPGA pros and top instructors and media members go to tell their stories. Join us the same time every Tuesday Just hear more stories about the game we love from people who love sharing those stories with you. It's all about the great game of golf. It's
0: all about the great game of golf.